Hey everyone, Kat here. Due to circumstances beyond my control, I'll not be able to release a new episode this month. I'm in the middle of moving and things are so hectic and crazy right now that I wasn't even able to record any any new episodes. So please re-enjoy episode one and I'll be back with episode nine for August. Take care and thanks for listening. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hi, I'm Cat Ward. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me. This is Paranormal Hearts pilot episode, and I'm very, very excited to introduce to you my very first guest. Please help me welcome Tracy Moore. Hi Tracy, thanks so much for for joining me and being my very first guest. Hi Kat, it's an honor. I really appreciate that you thought of me, and I'm really excited about your new show. with all the experience that you have and knowing you like I do from our online communities that we're mutual parts of, I think your show is going to be great. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, like I told you before, I'm very honored that you accepted to be my very first guest. Well, thank you. So as you know, um, the premise of the show is I wanted to start a, a podcast where people could call in and tell me about their paranormal experiences because we all know in the paranormal community when you have experiences it can be really traumatizing and stressful especially when people they're going to laugh at you a lot of times even family and close friends they won't believe you so this is just a place where people can come hang out tell me their experiences and hopefully that'll help them to realize that they're not by themselves and these experiences really do happen I love that idea, and I think it's important that um, that you decided to take this approach because um, growing up having experiences from a very young age myself, I can completely relate to that. And I know that a lot of your future guests and people who are listening um, are going to find a lot of comfort in hearing other people talk about going through similar things, no matter, you know, even if the presentation is a little different or whatever. Um, because people can be just very dismissive and downright rude, and it's really great that we have ways to communicate with each other that we didn't have back when you and I were growing up, because back then you pretty much had to go it alone, so you didn't really have these spaces where you could go and listen to other people talk about their stuff and try to wrap your brain around the fact that you're not crazy like your mom or dad might be telling you are. So this exactly. is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm just really hoping that more people will come, you know, will will come forward and just discuss things that they've they've experienced. 
Um, and hopefully, like I said earlier, that'll make them realize that, hey, you know, I'm not the only one out there. I'm not crazy. Um, and there actually is someone who's going to listen to me who's not going to be judgmental. Yes. And I think it's important, too, to have different perspectives um, when it comes to the paranormal, because you have people having experiences from all different kinds of backgrounds, um, you know, different groups of people with different belief systems. And it's really good to be able to have several different viewpoints on it, because um, myself, I was raised in a very, very conservative Christian type household. And so from my family's perspective, the things that were going on and the things that I was experiencing were viewed as something evil, something that you just didn't talk about, something from the devil. I was even accused of being in league with the devil when I was probably around 10, which was interesting. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, to have people who are coming from different backgrounds and perspectives, I think will be extremely helpful so that people can see that all across the board, there are people having experiences that it's not just within their particular belief core system. Because if I had known when I was a child that there were people who had no religion at all who were having experiences, mm -hmm. that would have been so helpful to me because it's like, okay, that would have helped me to be able to realize at that point in my life that this really doesn't have anything to do with the devil at all. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how when people find out that, um, you know, my background is I started off as a paranormal investigator, as you know, uh, when people find out that that, that was my, my background, it's amazing how many people open up. And it's always fascinated me how it doesn't matter what religion you are, what skin color you are, what culture you have throughout history, everyone has always had some kind of a paranormal experience. And to me, that's really fascinating. And I'd like to know why. Well, I would like to know why too. And I think, you know, at this point in time, about all we can do is speculate because, you know, things are, you know, science is emerging at rapid rates, but there's just so much that, you know, we haven't had an explanation for yet or any way of proving certain things. But I just think that, you know, when you have similar experiences that go on such a wide range of locations and groups of people and belief systems and subsets of people, that that just kind of goes to show that, you know, that's a pretty universal thing. So it must be something that is not able to be put in any specific definitive box, at least at this moment. And I think that in and of itself is pretty comforting myself. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, why don't uh, you start telling us about your experiences that you've had growing up and feel free to go into as many details as, as you possibly can. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a really, really interesting house. Um, it uh, was a house that my grandfather built himself on the piece of property that his family owned and, and gave to him after he got married to my grandmother. And um, so the house itself was a new construction, but he built it out of reclaimed wood that he just found from, you know, all over the place, even some mm. old barns and old houses that were torn down. You have to remember this was back in probably the 
early 1940s. Mm-hmm. And so back then, you know, uh, people didn't exactly have like the little prefab kits like they do now yeah. when it comes to putting yeah. together houses. Um, so it's interesting to me that the house that I grew up in, I had a lot of experiences there and it wasn't just me. There were several members of my family. Um, you could be in that house completely by yourself and be down in the basement and hear footsteps clearly in the main living area above your head. Um, Hmm. No one's there. Doors would just randomly open and close. Um, One time in particular, I can remember sitting on the couch with my mother. We were watching a movie and there was like a series of three knocks on the wall. And we thought, well, my dad wasn't home from work yet, so we thought maybe we hadn't heard him pull in and he was just being funny. And he wasn't. So we were sitting there. We just kept watching the movie. Three knocks happened again. So we thought maybe it was our, my grandfather because he lived next door. Nobody came in. We looked out. He wasn't there. So we sat back down on the couch. Three more knocks. And then this huge oil painting that hung on that wall just started swinging, like madly swinging on the wall. Hmm. back and forth like someone had just walked up and smacked it from the side um and it just went ahead and you know kept swinging until it stopped and nothing else happened at that particular time but um there was no one around so that was you know one of the earlier experiences that i can remember um how old were you then that one i was probably around seven Um, Now, there was one actually that was even earlier than that when my grandmother was still alive. She passed away when I was six. So I would say probably around five to six years old because it wasn't that much longer until she passed away. But we were, it was my grandmother, my mother, my older sister, and myself. We were sitting outside. We had this patio that was detached from the house and overlooked the hill going to the driveway. And we were sitting there and we kept hearing something. It was an old gravel driveway. We could hear something metal dragging up this driveway. Hmm. And we're sitting there trying to figure out what it was. It was late at night, summertime, completely pitch dark. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. Um, And this noise just kept coming closer and closer. Well, we finally got up and started heading towards the house because you know, what the heck is going on? So we could hear it reach the top of the driveway and it was getting louder and closer, louder and closer. You could hear it as plain as day, but there was nothing to see. Hmm. Um, And then there was another night when we were sitting on my bed, my mom and grandmother and my sister again, we were playing a a board game on my bed. I was, I had some, a cold or a flu or something. And so they drug in, I can't remember what it was, like Candyland or Shoot the Matters or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, we were sitting there playing the game, and all of a sudden, um, we had a couple of gardens. We had three. There were two that were down over the hill from the house and one that was right up behind the house on the hill. And the one that was up behind the house, we canned a lot. So we would keep all of these jars and stuff up there and I don't know why the jars were kept there. Ask my mom. Well, you can't. She's not here anymore. But anyway, <laughs> um, we were sitting there playing this game, and all of a sudden you hear just smashing glass, 
like somebody was up there with a baseball bat smashing all of these jars that were up there. And there were probably over a hundred jars. Right. Wow. And that's how much glass it sounded like was breaking. Yeah. So we're scared to death. We're just like, what the heck is going on up there? So my mom runs and wakes up my dad. And his typical response was, well, don't worry about it. We're all in here and whatever it is is out there. Go to bed. And oh. he just rolled over and went back to sleep. Typical dad response. <laughs> I know, right? So we couldn't wait until the next morning. I think it was everybody stayed in my room until I fell asleep and they slowly trickled out. Um, next morning we got up, we went up there and cat, <clears throat> there was nothing broken. Everything was completely intact. No way. Yeah. Now, do you think your father maybe knew what it was and just didn't want to worry anybody and knew that there was really no broken glass and just, you know, just everybody go back to bed? Well, see, that was the interesting thing about my dad. He, um, I do believe that he did know that there was stuff going on, but because of the religion, he was so freaking scared of it. Right. That he just figured, well, let's just ignore it and not acknowledge it. And it'll just... I don't know if he thought it would go away or if it was just taboo to talk about, but I do believe he was aware and he just didn't want to, he didn't want to face it. Yeah. And hope that, and he was probably thinking if he ignores it, maybe um, it won't get any worse. Right. You know. Hmm. Right. And that's what I can remember them telling me um, with other experiences that I had, because I've even seen some shapes and apparitions and things like that when I was small in the house and even outside of the house. And I remember being told, you know, to pray and hmm. that would make them leave. Well, it didn't work, hmm. you know? Um, and so it's not that I'm saying that prayer doesn't work, but whatever, you know, the case is in my instance, it, it did not work. Yeah. And so, that made it even the more so where I felt guilty, like maybe there was something wrong with me, maybe maybe I was bad. Do you right. know what I mean? All yes. Crazy thoughts. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was just really difficult, and it's as far back as I can remember. I've been having experiences, and I've had them, you know, all my life, and it wasn't until I got up into my probably mid to late 20s that I finally started to get my hands on some books from the library and stuff that I found in the early days on the internet um, mm -hmm. that were just really helpful and helped me to kind of put things in perspective a little bit and not be so freaked out by everything. Right. Because it can be rather freaky, especially when you're a child and you don't really know what's going on. And did any of your family members experience the same things or did they not say anything? Well, those couple instances that I talked to you about with the picture, um, with the painting and yep. the glass and the metal, mm -hmm. yes, other members of the family did. They were there with me. Right. Uh, but they just kind of, they just, their only explanations for it was that there was something, air quotes here, bad going on and that we really, you know, shouldn't give it much of our attention because we didn't want to you know, encourage that kind of stuff. Right. Now, did they um, ever, did they ever mention anything that they've experienced anything, anything when you weren't around or did they just pretty much tight lipped about it all? Pretty tight lipped, actually. Um, my family was just very, 
very hands off with anything paranormal. And I get it because I know, you know, what, what their mindset was about it. But I wish that they had talked about more because, I mean, you can't really say this with 100% certainty, but I'm thinking if they were aware of the stuff that I heard on those few occasions, they had to have experienced more stuff and just not said anything to me. Because why would those incidents just be limited to those few occasions with me? Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've found that um, talking with past um, clients, if you will, about the experiences that they've had when they were growing up that they found out later on as an adult that, yes, their family members did actually have these experiences too, but they, it was just more like taboo. They didn't want to talk about it. They just hush, hush, sweep it under the, under the, uh, the rug. Yeah. And it's, you know, unfortunate now because both of my parents are gone and my grandparents have all been gone for quite some time. So mm. my sister and I talk about, um, some of these things a little bit off and on. Um, but yeah, the older members of the family, they're, they're no longer able to, be able to talk to you about that. And I did try to speak with my dad about some of it in the last couple of years before he passed away. And um, he still, he wouldn't acknowledge, he wouldn't even acknowledge any of it. He said, no, I never saw or heard anything. Wow. Okay, dad. All right. But do you think that was true or just, he, he just shut it down and just, he blocked it out? You know, it's hard to say uh, with 100% certainty, but I do think that he did and he just, you know, blocked it out Yeah. because you could tell when you had these conversations with him that his levels of discomfort were pretty high. Right. And he would make allusions, you know, to, to things a few times, um, just really off the wall comments like, you know, that was a weird house or, you know, hmm blah, 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 things like that. And then when you try to drag a little more out of them, no, I don't know. I, I can't describe it. It was just a weird house. Yeah. Okay. It's probably the wind <laughs> or the house settling. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, it's, um, I've always been kind of interested because um, a lot of places that, you know, you encounter um, paranormal experiences in, there's some sort of a history that explains some of it. But that house, though, since my grandfather built it with his own two hands and there was no structure there previously, mm-hmm. I can only come to a few conclusions that there was something going on with that land. Yep. Um, that's actually my my strongest suspicion is that there was something going on with the land. So um, because I don't remember actually seeing any. Well, there was one apparition that was full human appearance and I didn't know who it was at the time I was about 16 years old and my grandfather was really his health was starting to decline at the time and he was in the hospital and I went past his bedroom and there was a lady in there standing by his bed crying and she was saying his name and I'm like what the hell is going on in here (laughs) yeah so um, it was a, maybe a year or so later that I was at another relative's house and, um, she brought up this old photo album and there was the lady and no it was way. my grandfather's mother who I'd never seen a photo of. Huh. And that's who it was there. But other than that one apparition, 
all of the other things that I saw there were like shadow figures, things that you would see moving out of the corner of your eye. Yep. Um, so I am definitely of the inclination that there was something hinky going on with that lance. Hmm. Now, where again did you say that your grandfather got the, the materials to build the house? He got it in all different places. Some of them were, some of the wood was from old barns, others were from homes that were torn down. So I guess it's always possible. That's my second thought was that there would be something with the materials because of the history of those buildings. Um, but because of the nature of the things that happened there, I'm more inclined to think it was land-based, but mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I was too little to really put together pieces. Right. And it's not like you're recording back then everything that's happening. No. To be able even. to look back at. Yeah. That's very interesting. So you've pretty much had experiences your entire life. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They're among some of the earliest memories that I have. And uh, so, and I continue to, you know, experience unusual things to this day. And I have just about everywhere that I've lived, everywhere that I travel, um, everywhere that I've lived, there has been, except, you know, this is interesting. And come to think of it, I lived in Columbus, Ohio for a while. It was brief, mind you, probably like maybe about a year. But that was one place that I can say I had zero experiences was when I lived in really? Columbus, Ohio. I wonder yeah. why. I don't know. Hmm. And I've moved around a lot. <laughs> yeah. So have you always had experiences at um, homes where, where you're living, or did they ever happen at workplaces? All of the above. I, yeah, um, the place where I live now is a really full of experience kind of place because it's a, it's a really old building. It was built in... The 1920s, I believe, and it was a oh, wow. luxury hotel when yep. it first opened. And there's a lot of history here. There were a lot of not nice things that have happened in this building throughout the course of its history. So it it even just has like a feel to it when you walk in. It's just kind of like, Ugh. Almost you know like it's I mean? saturated in the walls. Big time. <clears throat> hmm. Big time. Um but yes, I've, I've had experiences in places where I've worked. Um, I remember one place that I worked at was um, an insurance agency, and the office was in an old, probably 1930s era craftsman house. Mm -hmm. And But the thing in that place was, is that, you know how some places where you go, I'm sure you have experiences, like you'll walk in and get this really heavy. Oh, yes. Just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this place was a very, like, very light and almost bright type of a feel when you walked in and, you know, kitchen cabinets would pop open and you'd hear footsteps in there and there was nobody there. Hmm. Um, every once in a while you would smell, you know, like something baking and, you know, there was none of that going on. Yeah. We were a business at that point. But that one, whatever was going on in that particular building it just always kind of felt like somebody's grandma was in there and she was just happy being at home and doing her thing. Now, do you feel perhaps that was more of a residual thing or you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I do because it didn't have like the same feeling mm -hmm. to it. There wasn't like the intensity. It was just kind of like 
things would happen and you would get the smells and stuff, but there was no, like you wouldn't notice any, you know, uh, strong temperature fluctuations. Mm -hmm. Like you get in some really active places, there was no, um, the best way I can describe it is some places just feel like they're electrified, right? Right. Um, this had none of that. So I think it probably was residual and it was actually really pleasant. And your coworkers, did they experience the same thing? I didn't even ask them about it because they were a very, it was a family business and I was the only one who worked there who wasn't blood related. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were very religious people. So I just kind of uh, kept my mouth shut and just figured, well, this is my job. I don't want to lose it. Right. So I'm just yep. going to be quiet. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I've come across uh, people like that as well. Cause it's not, not really a topic that I go around talking to everyone about. Um, no. Yeah. Hmm. So what else has ha has ever happened? I'm sitting here. Um, well, all right. There was, um, i trying to remember. It was probably 2006 or 2005. No, it was in 2006. Um, my ex-husband and I, we lived in Florida, and we had just gotten married, and we were on our honeymoon, and we didn't have a lot of time, so we just took, like, a a super long weekend in St. Augustine mm -hmm. and a lot of people who will hear this and maybe even you know St. Augustine um, is the oldest settlement in the United States it was founded by the Spanish way back in oh geez like the I want to say 1500 something like that don't quote me on that but it is the oldest city in the United States and wow. there's a lot of history there it's probably one of the more active locations in the country. I would say probably right up there with Savannah mm -hmm. as far as paranormal activity. Um, so we went there and he was definitely not uh, the sort of person who had any appreciation for the type of stuff that I have experienced in my life at all. And he didn't want to hear about it. But then he started to get curious because one night we were walking around, we had just gotten back from the beach and we were back in the historic downtown and the king saw that there was a ghost tour walking around. Interesting. And yeah. And so he suggested that we go on this ghost tour. And I said, okay. So we went to check it out and the tickets were just super expensive. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to pay that much to go on this ghost tour. This is just ridiculous. Um, and it was very, very dramatic. Like the guy who was leading the tour was wearing like this old style, like something you'd see in Dickens. He was wearing like this cloak <sighs> and he had on like a top hat. Yep. And he's doing all this dramatic stuff. And I know that's what people want. But to me, it was just like, oh, really? No. So we decided not to do that. And I said, honestly, I said, we could probably walk around and I could, you know, be able to, if I'm paying attention, point out some stuff. And he says, yeah, but how do we prove it? How hmm. do you prove anything? He said, I, he said, I could make up shit too. And that's the words he used. He no said, he way. Said, you know, how do you prove it? Yeah. Just because you say so, that doesn't mean anything. He said, but fine, let's go. So we were walking down this one street. I can't remember what it was, but I remember the way the house looked. It was this one-story long house, and it was painted like a butter yellow, 
and it had like a little bit of gingerbread on the front porch and an old screen door. And something just stopped me in my tracks in front of that house. And I can remember seeing a little girl standing in that doorway and she was crying and she was wearing this really old fashioned type nightgown. And I said, do you see that little girl? He said, there's no little girl there. You're crazy. (laughs) What did I just marry? And I said, but she's crying. I said, and she's hot. I said, she is really sick. I said, this feels like she has like this super high fever. And I said, it's awful. And I said, this is a long time ago. I said, so this little girl, she passed away from something that gave her a really high fever. Right. And he's like, okay, I've had enough of your hocus pocus crap. Let's just go for dinner. So we went for dinner. And the very next day we were roaming around and happened to come across around that corner and their ghost tour was stopped in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And the guy was telling a story about a seven-year-old girl who had died in that house during an influenza outbreak. No. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so my ex-husband went from thinking I was full of crap to being terrified of me and like... <laughs> It was awful. I mean, he looked at me like I was going to, like, I don't know what. He was just terrified of me. We went to dinner. His hands were shaking as he was eating. No way. And he says, yeah, he says, I don't even want to talk about any of this stuff with you ever again. He said, this is creepy. You freak me out. He said, I just, we're not ever going to do this again. And I said, okay. (laughs) He couldn't handle it. Yeah. Wow. That's quite the experience. Oh, definitely. It was very interesting. And I like it when, and I'm sure you do too, because sometimes I'm not sure what your style of investigation is, if it's more intuitive, if it's more equipment-based. A little bit of both. Okay. Um, It's really interesting when you can either detect with equipment or intuitively that there's something going on and to be able to verify through historical record that something at least similar to what you were picking up on happened there. Yes. And you know, as well as I do, that doesn't happen often enough. And it does kind of make you feel sometimes like, well, what if I am just making up all these stories in my head? Um, But then when you get that validation once in a while, it helps you to keep yourself grounded. Exactly. I was uh, visiting a friend one time quite a few years ago and never been into his place before. And so we all walk in and I was drawn to this particular wall uh, where he had pictures, you know. And then out of the blue, he just said, you know, oh, I don't know why it happened. But one day, one of the pictures over there just flew off the wall. It didn't just slide off. It flew off halfway across the living room. And I'm thinking, holy cow, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice when you have a validation to what I call my spidey senses, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it, it gets me every time that that validation yeah. just gets you so excited. It's like, Oh wow, this is so neat. It, it really is. And, and that is one of those. And that reminds me like in this building that I live in now, I used to live in a different apartment, one floor above where I live now. Mm-hmm. And in that apartment, um, there was a good bit of, activity in that apartment nothing that ever frightened me but it was pretty active the one i'm in now thankfully is pretty calm um but up there i remember 
uh, I used to keep all of my tea on top of my refrigerator refrigerator because I always have a lot of tea. I'm a teaaholic. I will <laughs> tell anyone unashamedly. Um, but quite often I would be sitting on my couch and clear from in the kitchen, a whole box of tea would just fly off the top of the refrigerator and land by my feet. No way. On the couch. Oh yeah. It's time for a yeah. cuppa. <laughs> really? And so the first time it happened, I'm like, oh my God, what the heck, what's going on here? But um, it would happen about every, every three weeks, every month, you know, it would, it wasn't like every day, which is thank goodness every two weeks or so. Um, but it never hit me. It's not like, you know, I, I honestly believe that whoever was still in that apartment probably just like tea too. Yeah. And they were just tossing the tea over to be like, hey, you know, let's let's have a cup of tea or you know, because sometimes it would be different ones that it wasn't always the same tea that would come over. Mm-hmm. So the, I found that that was interesting too. And I always kind of but there were certain ones that never did fly off. So I think that they were even letting me know which ones they liked more, but that could just be coincidence. <laughs> did you ever make a second cup of tea? I did. Oh really? That's I interesting. And one night I uh, made the second cup of tea and I sat down with my um, electronic recorder mm-hmm. and I just did a little EVP session in there. I only ever did one. I've never been real heavy into trying to do that. Um, but I made that cup of tea, sat down at my table with the other one across from me. And I just asked if there was anyone there with me. And when I did playback, uh, this is Roger. No way. Huh. Yeah. And it's really weird because this is not that old, but it's, I, I'm looking at it right now from my living room window. There's this really old building across this from where I live, mm-hmm. and there are two massive gargoyles that are in front of this building. And one of the, the gargoyles is named Roger, and it's after a local figure who was pretty prominent. Huh. Interesting. So I don't know if it's the same Roger or whatever, because the history, I think, is not old enough. But who knows? I have no idea. But I thought that that was kind of weird that I did that EVP session. And then it was maybe a few weeks later I went over there because there's a really good crystal store in there that I like to go to. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I just happened to pay attention to one of the gargoyles and saw the nameplate Roger. And I'm like, huh. Well, that's interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. So that was the in the apartment that you were in above where you are now. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Do you know if anybody's? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Does anybody live up there now? Like, do... yeah. There's been, I think, only one person who's been living there since I moved in. Be interesting to get to know them to find out if they've had any experiences. Unfortunately, I have gotten in with him, and no, thank you. Oh. <laughs> he's this really creepy old dude that's just really, yeah, he's bizarre. Hmm. And he's kind of pervy, so oh. yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go for tea. <laughs> no, my God, no. <laughs> Sounds like you've lived in a lot of interesting places with lots of rich history. I have, and I really, I... If I had my way, I would be doing a lot more travel, and that's kind of on my bucket list. I would like, 
ever since I was a late teen, one of my goals has been to get like a small RV or maybe even now that they do tiny houses. Mm-hmm. I would just like to take a whole year and just travel the whole United States. And if I feel drawn to a place, find somewhere to put down stakes and just kind of explore the area for a while. Yeah. I think it would be amazing. That would be a lot of fun. It would. You could just look at the map and see if there's any place that draws you to that particular location and just, just go. Yeah. It would be, there would be absolutely no plan whatsoever. Yeah. Sometimes. I would just start driving and then just, yeah, let my gut tell me, okay, turn it out, turn left at Albuquerque. <laughs> Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that old funny person? Oh, I was just thinking of that, yeah. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So, yeah. It has been. It's been very interesting, and I know that there's going to be a lot more. Um, and I'm sure that you've probably done countless investigations and have seen a lot of stuff yourself. And one of these days, I'd kind of like to, you know, just sit down and have a chat with you and hear more about some of the stuff that you've experienced because that's – I just love hearing about other people's. I'd like so that. So I will be listening to your show, too, because... That's great. I like about that, yeah. Thank you. So have you ever had any experiences where it totally... You were extremely uncomfortable, or have they all been pretty much... Like, oh, you were no, you were no. okay with them? No, no. Um, there were a couple when I was a child that I found to be terrifying. Um, but the scariest one is I got together for the first and only time with an investigative team and I was the intuitive of the group Uh and we went into this place and this was one of those just heavy from the second you step through the door kind of places yep and um I really I was pretty green at the time like as far as I was older but I hadn't really done a lot of work with this kind of stuff because it was always just so taboo. So I was just really getting my toes in the water at that point. Um, so we went in there <clears throat> and went around and I picked up some spots in the house and the homeowner, she verified that all the spots that I, you know, kind of pinpointed in on were spots where things had happened to the family. Right. And, um, and they were all negative. This, there was nothing positive about this energy at all in this house. Um, so we finally got done doing our walkthrough and we sat down to go over everything. And the family's teenage daughter came home and she was working at one of the local attractions, which was, um, a fake haunted house set up in a real haunted house for Halloween. Yep. So, which I've always found to be the most bizarre idea. It's like, you're going to take a real haunted house and basically (laughs) mock it by turning it into a big haunted attraction <laughs> way to go you're gonna take somebody off one of these days but yep um the girl <laughs> one night after work she had as soon as she walked in and she was sitting next to her mother and we wrapped up what we were talking about and i looked at the girl and i said honey i said i think you need to tell what what did you do and her mother turned and looked at her and she looked very angry and this was a very religious household there were crosses hanging everywhere and pictures of jesus and stuff so 
I felt bad calling this girl out, but I knew that she had an answer to this. Mm-hmm. So what they had done is one night after the attraction closed, somebody had brought in a Ouija board. Oh. Yeah. And they sat down in this very haunted location and were basically making a mockery of it. And the girl, she was terrified because it was within... 36 hours of when she participated in this, that the thing started to happen at her family's home. Wow. And her mother was angry. Oh, she was so angry with her. And I talked her down off the ledge mm-hmm. and said, look, you know, she's a kid. She was there with a group of people, you know, don't be mad at her. She made a mistake. Just, you know, this is not the time. You yep. just can't. She, I think she learned her lesson. Look at her face. She's going to out this is with you. Okay. Yeah. And I said, and tell your mom, and tell me, and everybody else sitting here. I said, you ever going to use that again? No. <laughs> so, uh, the thing that ended up happening after that that made it even worse, because it was the, the heaviest, darkest type energy that I've felt to date, hmm. um, is I ended up taking whatever it was home with me. And I didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I think, like I said, I was young and green. I think it just, you know, I was there. It knew that I knew what it was and I could communicate. And whatever the case may be, I spent that entire night throwing up like crazy. I was so sick, physically sick Hmm. for days. Um, And I finally was able to just do everything that I knew to do, Mm -hmm. you know, time to save me, Jenny. (laughs) You know, all kinds yep. of stuff happened, and um, everything was okay. But I, that was the most frightening experience that I had because I actually brought something really dark home with me. Wow. How long until um, that dark entity was, was gone? Probably about four days. Wow. Four days too and long. It, it really was because I was only physically ill, well, throwing up physically ill for mm-hmm. that first night. But I was sick for the entire four days, just very weak and all kinds of pain and different sensations in my body. And um, I would see just like shadow people and um, black masses with actually, you know, not much shape. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really, it was intense. That was the most intense four days I've ever spent as far as something paranormal goes like I'm goosebumped all over my body right now just talking about it. Yeah. Because it was um and that's why I always recommend that people understand that having a paranormal experience is something that a lot of people do. Seeking out paranormal experiences, whether as an investigator or just because you want to see if it's real, it really should not be approached as a game because exactly it isn't a game. no. The way that I've explained it to some people before is um, might be a, a bad way to explain it, but it, it gets it gets the point across is picking up a firearm is not going to be dangerous. If it's loaded, it's not going to be dangerous, but you have to respect it and know how to handle it. Yes. Yeah. No, so. I think that that's a very good, good, you know, way to put it because... You know, of course, not every experience is going to be bad or scary, and it's not all to be feared, but if you go in, you know, just kind of half-cocked with not much understanding or respect, it's it's like, 
if I were to show up at your house and for some reason you would have left your front door unopened, mm-hmm. unlocked, and I would just walk in and start calling out to you like, hey, yeah. I know you're in there. Come out here and show yourself to me. Come on. Yeah. You know, that is so rude. If you wouldn't do something to a living person, why in the world would you do it to a dead person? Exactly. Always have respect. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay, well, I think I think that's going to be it for today. Okay, well, I really appreciate you having me on, and I wish you luck. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on, and um, hope to have you on again at another time. That sounds good. Great. Well, thank you so much, and you take care. You too. Thanks. Before I end the episode tonight, there's a few people that I'd like to thank. If it wasn't for them, I would never have been able to get this podcast up and running. Jonathan Mallard of Odd to Newfoundland, Jim Mallard of The Mallard Report, the fastest hour in paranormal talk radio, Justin Cancellari of Paratruth Radio, and last but certainly not least, Brian Anderson. The amount of information that you've passed on to me is greatly appreciated. You guys are brilliant. Thank you so very much, and I really appreciate your friendship. Thank you, guys. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email paranormalheart13 at gmail.com.